friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty. I'm here with my co-host, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we finish up our land of a thousand space billionaires, or whatever we ended up calling it. This was a suggestion by our patron, Seth, who always comes up with very, well, the settings that he often suggests somehow end up really dystopic, and I don't know why that is. But remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com. You can click on a link and submit a prompt, and we will build your world within a reasonable amount of time. If you want to follow us on social media, we're over on Twitter at Let's World Build. If you want to come join our Discord, please go ahead and do so by clicking the link in the description of this very episode. And if you're feeling particularly generous and want to give us money or you want access to those sweet, sweet patron-only episodes, you can click the link for our Patreon also in the description. Now, the last we left off in our land of a thousand space billionaires, we are in a fertile, brand new planet, and there's all sorts of weirdness. And the thing that we ended up last time was we had a twist. Everyone can only feel one emotion. Now, I have my own reconciliation for this twist, and I wanted to start first because I wanted to bring it back to our first episode. I wanted to remind everyone that the very first tenet had to do with puppies and kitties and all sorts of adorable animals. And that tenant kind of got ignored or, or forgotten for a little bit. And I wanted to make sure that when I reconciled this twist, I was able to bring that tenant back to the forefront and really make it important and special. So my idea with this whole reconciliation of everyone only being able to feel one emotion, there's some caveats to it. One, they're only able to feel one emotion at a time. And two, the way that they're able to help regulate these emotions is by going and hanging out with the animals that were brought on on this ship. <laughs> oh. So they're, they're, they're essentially therapist animals mm -hmm. that everyone goes to. And again, that, that tenant got left by the wayside. I want to bring it back <laughs> to the fore and I want to make sure that this part is vital. So- that's my reconciliation for the twist. How does everyone feel about that so far? I like it. Uh, mine was going in a similar direction, uh, saying that the emotional limitations are due to the alien psychic fields mm -hmm, um, that mm -hmm. that we had discussed were compounding negative emotions of people as mm -hmm. they as they kind of get closer to the the objects, and in doing so, that stifles out the other emotions that people feel, um, and a way to bring the um, the puppy and kitten tenant in would be that animals are immune to this effect, or at least oh. Earth's animals are. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll be diving more into that in my faction, actually. You have psychic cats and dogs. Okay, I can support no. this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that works pretty well. Mm -hmm. Now, now, one thing I do kind of want to bring up is, can we make it so the humans don't know exactly why they're only able to feel these emotions or one emotion at a time mm -hmm. rather, because I like the idea that the characters don't know far more compelling where it's like, there's this weird field in this planet that dampens and heightens certain emotions. And mm -hmm. I like the idea that they're trying to figure it out and they suspect that it has something to do with these giant alien monolith things, but they're not sure. And some choose not to believe that. 
Mm-hmm. Courtney's explanation is exactly the same idea I had for the twist. Mm-hmm. But why hers is better is I think she tied it to the creatures being immune to it. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I, I like that concept as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because what that ends up doing is we already have these two factions in play, the, the colonists themselves, and then we have the girl Hitler's uh, uh, friends. And she <laughs> she's come, come in contact with these objects. So maybe she has a better sense of why her emotions are shifted, whereas the people, the colonists don't because they haven't really, you know, studied these things directly. Mm-hmm. I think it's neat if they create some kind of like geometric field around the planet that messes with people's emotions. So I think I think that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and to your, answer your question, like, yeah, I think it makes sense that the colonists don't know. And maybe, um, you know, girl Hitler does know why it is. Whenever you say girl Hitler, I'm just picturing, like, Hitler for her. Like a pink, glittery <laughs> That's Hitler. exactly what I wanted. Yeah, I, I think that lady Hitler is, like, like it definitely completely blunts the edge of this fascistic leader. Yeah. Where, like, it's like, no, it's not some, like, very dangerous individual. It's just, like... It's just Hitler in like a pretty dress, and it's like <laughs> maybe we shouldn't do that. You know, yeah. I'm doing it. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, yeah. I mean, if we want to take the piss, then we're more than willing to. Mm. You know, like because yeah. Anyway, who is to say? I mean, we don't know if girl Hitler is like you know very masculine. We don't know what her deal is. We just know she's a girl. That's all. It's it's true. It's very true. We don't yeah. know what girl Hitler is like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she can be super femme. I'm not, you know, I'm yeah. not passing judgment here. Let, let's bring it back to the animals here. Yes. Um, <laughs> what, what I think might also be interesting as we consider this is like, maybe there, whether it be superstition or whether it has a genuine effect, maybe as people are out in the wild, they take animals with them or like they mm-hmm. have like what are essentially animal companions or like familiars that are just like, yeah, I've got a capuchin monkey just hanging out on my shoulder. Like, you know, you see these people who are connected with these animals because for some reason, while they're out there, they feel like they're able to respond better, have these different emotions mm-hmm. better. And, you know, like maybe it's not just a stationary thing. Maybe we can expand it to having the explorers have these things as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That That is basically my faction, actually. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Um, but before jumping into that, um, going back to the idea of the colonists not really recognizing what's going on. I think that also makes sense given that they've been on this 120 year journey. And even mm-hmm. if they had been in cryogenic sleep for most of the time, that's still like, they were still kind of lurking around in the neural link VR thing that they had. And yeah. there was still a passage of time. So they might not really recognize that shift once they actually get to the planet. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel, how did you reconcile the twist exactly? It's exactly what Courtney said, that the, <laughs> that the the geometric shapes of creating some kind of emotional resonance that changes how people, what emotions they can feel, like their spectrum of emotions. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing my thought was that because Lady Hitler has uh, more nefarious intentions, it amplifies her one emotion of wanting to get revenge on, mm-hmm. you know, the, the coup, the revolution that killed their father and all that nonsense. Whereas the colonists, maybe they all have individual insecurities, like they have a more varied range of emotions mm. but because of mm. the emotional feel that's restricting them to what they're most concerned with so maybe one person is like really obsessed with um you know curiosity and it takes them to some insane extreme as an emotion and so it, it creates kind of like this trippy paradise i think among the colonists that could become horror 
and it's, mm. it's interesting because i'm watching raised by wolves right now the new season just came out and it's only a few episodes in and a lot of this is making me think of raised by wolves because they have this concept of this like we don't really know what it is in the, in the story it could be a ai it could be an actual god but there's this thing that speaks to certain people and it like changes their behaviors and i'm getting the sense that these geometric objects the field it creates has the same effect on people mm-hmm. mm. now can i add in a thing as well because there is a trope in fiction where if you want to show that someone is evil you have them kick the dog right <laughs> Now, obviously, we have Lady Hitler, Mm -hmm. and because she is hyper-focused on maintaining just the singularity of hatred or ambition or what have you, maybe she has an aversion to animals because they Mm. bring in other emotions and, like, make her feel some things that she feels she needs to cull as a matter of, like, maintaining her mission. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do like that. It's almost like she views it as the emotions are making her weaker, but mm-hmm. in reality, that that's what makes her human, and she's losing that. Exactly, exactly. And and while that that's like kind of well trodden, I like that concept. And it's mm-hmm. like maybe we should also acknowledge that feeling things is a good thing that happens. You know? <laughs> yeah, I like that explanation. I had in mind the opposite, and that I wonder if she had her own kind of animals and and uses them to mm-hmm. hone her emotions in a specific way. But I like how that ties a lot of it together if she actually is actively exterminating the animals she encounters Mm. in order to keep her flock focused right Mm -hmm. i think that serves the narrative more yeah i I keep thinking that her spiritual animal is like a crab for some reason (laughs) or an insect yeah yeah yeah, no we've done insects too much daniel like (laughs) well it could be some kind of like space crab insect space crab These are earth animals, Daniel. It's very clearly some kind of like a furry crab from someplace. I don't know. Um, anyway, let, let's let's move on. I feel like we've reconciled the twist pretty readily and pretty quickly as well. I think that everyone was pretty on board with mm-hmm. the concepts that we were kind of focusing in on. So that brings us, of course, to today's faction. And Courtney, you, you sounded like you were chomping at the bit to start with your faction. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I'm going to have Daniel start first. Awesome. So Daniel, <laughs> Daniel, why don't you start us off and tell us about your faction today? Oh, the old classic switcheroo. Of co- it's mm-hmm. about subverting mm-hmm. your expectations, Daniel. That's <laughs> so really many victims. The Last Jedi was a victim. Yeah, you know, it just yep. it's endless. Well, I mean, this is a podcast about family. Is really yeah. what? <laughs> oh God, no one's ever gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. God, shoot me in the face. Speaking of which, Boba Fett, total disaster. But we can get into that later. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we might want to save that for a patron only episode yeah uh, talk about the many ways something go wrong mm-hmm. um so for my Back faction <laughs> in terms of factions i was thinking about i should be thinking about factions that are having an active influence in the setting where they are now on the planet but i think this faction can still have an active influence in that i imagine the ship that they arrive in is still there i imagine it's probably really large and it might serve as either a base of operations or if not a base of operations it's contains knowledge on its data banks that they may need so i imagine it's still in their society so what i was thinking is that perhaps um along the journey um during that revolution when a lot of people were killed virtually in the virtual realm and then certain people just didn't wake up these people were rationalized we said as being killed because um at least to the colonists that there was an expected percentage of people who wouldn't survive and so Mm -hmm. um the lie was created which is what 
Lady Hitler is pissed about. That, that that's the reason why all these people died. So I thought perhaps some of these people, like when they were killed, um, they didn't actually die. So like some of these people, for whatever reason, I'm not sure yet, um, have become sort of digital ghosts or resonances in the virtual realm, Ooh. which still functions to some extent. And so it's possible to go back into that virtual construct, the sleeping construct, and find those people who have been disconnected from their bodies because their bodies have been mm-hmm. thrown away. They, they stopped functioning. But their minds are still resonating in that realm. And so those people possess knowledge of what happened during the revolution um, and of the distant past. And so while I don't know to what extent they might be um, fully realized beings, like I have a feeling you can't just talk to them like normal people because they don't have bodies anymore. They're not really people. They can be consulted with. And I wonder if that's the beginnings of some kind of faith, whether it's a faith for the colonists or perhaps it's a faith that Leto, girl Hitler, wants access to given that she cares about the past. Daniel, I love that idea mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. much. And and you know how last episode we were talking about how this sounds like a prestige television show? Yeah. I think you just gave us our season three finale twist <laughs> where girl Hitler walks into some place and like turns on a program and is talking with her dead father through like this, like kind yeah, of ghost situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Yeah. Her dad's probably there. Maybe that's why she wants to get access to the ship, you know? Yeah, maybe like throughout season three, that's when Girl Hitler actually takes over and Mm -hmm. then like there's this whole twist. And yes, absolutely. And I can see there being just like in, you know, taking inspiration raised by wolves in that show, there's like the atheists quote and then there's the Mithraics, which are like the classic sun worshiping Mm -hmm. pre-Christianity cult. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I can imagine there being the evolution of certain different kind of faiths among these colonists, whether the colonists themselves have a more rational view of the world and Lady Hitler has the opposite, or maybe it's vice versa. Mm-hmm. Maybe they develop the faith, mm-hmm. you know, and it's Lady Hitler who's become more rational. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of religion too, like if we want to do a contrasting thing, then maybe people overall in the colony go towards like the ship VR construct presence as their sort of deity in a way. And mm. um, this, this fascist, person is more towards like idolizing the the alien psychic energy because she feels that it like empowers her and mm. it's making her stronger and and she thinks that the others maybe are are weaker because they keep sort of referencing their own humanity in a way mm. now that might be kind of an interesting way to approach it as well because traditionally when it comes to fascism there is this kind of perversion of tradition and this perversion of you know keeping the old religions and and kind of deifying it. Well, that's kind of silly deifying a religion, Mm. but you know what I mean? So there is this idea, right? That in this regard, the lady fascist here is actually more of someone who's focused on progress or focused on change, which I think is kind of an interesting point. Now, Mm -hmm. mind you, like there's still going to be some authoritarianism in there, obviously, but I think the idea that they're more focused on this, psychic entity or monolith or what have you or the the series of monoliths that are scattered throughout this alien landscape is is Mm. kind of interesting yeah it could be like she's trying to strengthen the human race by becoming like more closely linked with this alien whatever that's going Mm. on and kind of use the others as like holding themselves back by not embracing it fully Mm. we also talked about the child um that her friend, I guess, is supposed to have now. Like a follower or something. <laughs> Don't remember yeah. who had it. Friend is a bit loose. Let's call her the follower because really, come on. Could be her buddy. It could be her bestie. We don't know. 
<laughs> I I prefer to think that this lady fascist here. It could is, be her lover. How about that? That too. Like, but, like Hitler can have an actual like lover, which would be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, sure. but I I don't see lady fascists sitting here and being like, I have friends. It's like, no, my ambition requires that I don't have friends. Like, if you want to consider, I mean, Hitler like, had a lover. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> Eva Braun did for sure. But, but okay, you know what? That's fair, Daniel. That's <laughs> my point. I, I can't. <laughs> but 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 Daniel, he had more than one emotion. He had angry and horny. So just throwing <laughs> it out there, when you when you can only have one. What do you choose? Well, you also said that it's one at a time, right? Like, so it's not like all of their emotions have been turned off. It's that they focused on one at a time, right? So I'm wondering, to, to what Courtney was saying, like a, a furthering a kind of a connection with this alien spirit that's in this world, like through the child, like mm. genetically linking them could also be a one step towards that is what I mean. Mm. Okay, okay. This is a sticky wicket of a uh, of a setting we've gotten ourselves in. That, that twist while making things remarkably interesting and more alien makes like the world and how we approach it a lot more difficult. So I'm like, this is why we have the twist. I think that it adds in a lot more spice, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Anyway. So we, we've got lady Hitler's lover and their, their alien baby. Uh, This sounds like the schlockiest thing in the world to me. It's a sci-fi channel original movie. It's, yeah. yeah, it's no. It sounds like the sci-fi channel and Lifetime had a baby <laughs> together, and yes. this is what we've come up with. Had a horrific alien. No, movie. this is prestige HBO. Right, right. <laughs> Could go either. But way, I think right. that when you break it down to certain aspects, then you see it's like this is a love child between sci-fi and Lifetime. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree, Daniel. Prestige. We gotta keep it to Cinemax. It's an HBO. Wait, does Cinemax exist anymore? <laughs> I don't. I don't know if it does. I haven't okay, it's an time. HBO. It's uh, what, what are the other ones? Oh, Showtime. Uh, see, this is the problem when you have a bunch of corporate monopolies when there's only like four companies and they don't like. For me, uh-huh. right? Like I was back in the day. It's like, oh, IFC, Turner Classic Movies. Like there are all these premium channels that used to exist. Now there's like two. And I only know the one because that's what my brain is saying right now. Uh, so for the love of God, t- take me out of this, please. Let's let's move on. Who has a faction? Oh, Courtney does. So I'm yeah. going to go next. Um, my faction. It's evil. <laughs> you're going to have your turn. Look, come on. Come on. That's that's only fair. Uh, so my faction is I thought that like the story that we're telling in the main settlement is like really locked in. It's really fascinating. I love everything about it. And so to me, I'm like, okay, this is The Walking Dead. This is the main series, right? So I've got to come up with the spinoff show. Like this show became massively popular. I'm the one who's now responsible for making the other series that's like tangentially related because it's like, oh, we can only, we got to milk this franchise for all it's worth, right? My concept is there's the main settlement, but there's got to be a group of researchers who are looking at the geological aspects, the meteorological aspects, the, the flora, the fauna. There, there are people out there who are a combination of explorers, scientists, engineers. They're looking for where they can put the next settlement, right? Because they know that they're going to evolve and expand to the point where they need one. So I've imagined that there's this group two out there that are just out there in the world 
And here's the twist, right? There's this ranger type. There's a twist that I wanted to get into. They are all within drone robots because their bodies are still trapped within the the ethernet, the the mind link that they had. So they're piloting these drone robots. And as a result, they're still able to feel the full gamut of their emotions. So you can have full drama out in the field with this like robot team go. That's the other thing that I wanted to get at. That's my concept for the other faction. That is super. I love the post-human mm-hmm. angle we've been taking yeah. with mm-hmm. a lot of these factions. Like even the animals, which Courtney, we're going to get to so shortly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm assuming has a post-human element to it because, you know, we're, we're, we don't want to forget that this is a society that's far removed from Earth society. And so the mm-hmm. idea yeah. that like now there's a separation, there's the physical, the mental and the emotional. And we've, we've separated the three in the story physically, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And, and I know that the original conceit was don't make it cyberpunk. And I feel like we already aren't cyberpunk enough. So I can throw in like the kind of like robot drone stuff, the sleeves, if you will, to make it so they're out there doing stuff and not have it feel cyberpunky, you know? Yeah, I don't I don't think it's yeah. cyberpunk either. I think um it has a synthesis, right? Cyberpunk typically. Yeah. And this seems to be a clean separation. Like I'm picturing right. more sleek mm-hmm. technology. Yeah. yeah, less less chrome sunglasses and more like <laughs> Apple iPad or uh, Apple iRobots where they like, yes. <laughs> where they're in drones like doing exploration stuff, you know. I I do like the idea of them being like repurposed robots that would have played music or movies in the past or Ooh. would have like cleaned up messes but now they've been retrofitted with like stuff that allows them to get out into the wilderness and act as scouts. From a storytelling perspective as well, what I think this adds is there is an element of danger to this that you can have these robots get fucking demolished and it's totally fine. And and mind you, it can mm-hmm. still be like really tense for a multitude of reasons, but you can also have it to like, oh shit, that robot lost its arm or oh shit, that entire team just got wiped out. And it's fine because the main operators are still back in their pod safe and sound, mm-hmm. you know, but, but, I think that there's some narrative stuff that might be kind of interesting to play with is, is what I'm saying with this conceit. Yeah. I mean, even if their quote unquote body of the robot is maimed or destroyed in some mm-hmm. way and their, their mind is totally fine. I, I imagine that they would still experience some level of trauma mm-hmm. living through a death or a severe like maiming or something of that sort. Yeah. Thinking back actually to cyberpunk 2077, that was, I thought one of the more interesting things in the game, this idea of like, basically VR tapes being recorded of people in like very harrowing or near death experiences mm-hmm. or actual death and, and um, people seeking. You're thinking about that Jesus mission, aren't you? Wait, what's the Jesus mission? Where, where the person, uh, the death row inmate signs up to be recorded. Like, so other religious followers can feel what it's like to be crucified. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> oh man. I don't think I did that one. Daniel knows what I'm talking about. He watched that Tim Rogers video. Um, I watched almost, I think almost all of them, but I remember the Jesus planting, like when the system was bugging out and everybody stands like cross, cross arm. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I'm not. There is a mission in that where you go and you talk to a, a death row inmate and this person has signed up. So their body, every fiber of their being is being recorded. And so they 
offer to be crucified on a cross so other people can then, religious people, can then feel what it's like to have been crucified. Mm. And and I think that- Wow, I did not remember that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, I don't think we've ever talked about Tim Rogers or Action Button reviews, but <laughs> I cannot tell you, and I know this is getting away from the podcast. This is worth it. This is important. Daniel can back me up on this. Go and watch Tim Rogers' reviews. You're going to look at those times and be like, why is that review of Doom four hours long? And then 20 minutes in, you'll be like, wait a minute. I'm 20 minutes into this video. What happened to the last 20 minutes? And then five hours later, you're going to be on your second Tim Rogers video. (laughs) And then you can come back and be like, yo, Rob, thanks for that. Tim Rogers is amazing. I know. I've I've infected Daniel and Courtney with him before. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I cannot express to you <laughs> how much I love that man and also that he is a certifiable genius. I know there is zero chance he will ever be on our podcast, <laughs> but if that ever happens, I don't know what I would do with myself. It's like, you know, you're chasing cars and you don't know what would happen if you get yeah. one. Yeah, exactly. That's, that would be me. Yeah. Uh, anyway... Courtney, I'm suggesting that that concept is kind of what we're talking about here, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I also think what might be interesting about that concept as well is two things. One, you become far more interested and the stakes become a lot different. It's not about like your bodily, you know, like harm because of the robot thing. It also becomes like the mission is way more important, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that you can play around with that concept a lot more as well. It's like, oh, we need these things to save somebody's life. We need this animal or we're trying to protect this animal to study it. There's so many different things that you can do with a different mission structure where you're not concerned about your bodily death, right? Mm -hmm. Alternatively, on the opposite end of like, this is not misery, but humor. Imagine how funny it would be to replay like getting tossed around by the earth equivalent of like a gorilla and be like, oh my God, look, you can see his arm got like 30 meters up in the air or something <laughs> like that. There, Because there is a gallows humor, I would imagine, that would come from this kind of thing, whereas you don't have to necessarily- That would be funny. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, if you could experience like, yo, I'm gonna go fuck that gorilla up, or, or like, imagine the practical jokes, because your body doesn't <laughs> matter. So it's like, you're out there doing like dumb shit. Like people already do dumb shit with their bodies and mm-hmm. we're mortal and have flesh, and, like we're fragile things. Imagine what it'd be like. You're like, oh, I have no consequences. Word. I'm going to go fist fight that gorilla or whatever. Like there's a bunch of ridiculous things we can do with that. It's like jackass on steroids. Exactly. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, we got to retire this robot body because it's about to die. It's like time to fire it out of a cannon. Let's go. You know? Oh, man. Anyway. So so that's my factions. We've got weird robot jackass, I guess. Um, So, Courtney, finally, we come to Mm -hmm. you. At long last, yes. At last, yeah. Courtney, hit us with your psychic animal detectives. <laughs> yes, so drawing a bit on the Jurassic Park references we had going last time, and also, of course, the puppies, um, <laughs> I wanted to have a group that's really focused on breeding and cloning animals to use on the planet. Oh. In particular, picturing dogs that are being crossed with some sort of native animal to help them survive better. And similar to yours, Rob, in a way that this faction would be using those dogs as part of like scouting and hunting. Mm -hmm. And like we established before, animals are immune to the psychic effects of the alien objects. So maybe 
you know, not only are the dogs not affected by it, but they can also like sense the danger around those formations and, and have the ability to try to keep their humans away from that danger. Mm-hmm. And for the group themselves, I'm picturing like very outdoorsy garb, uh, camouflage, a mix of clothes and materials that they had brought from Earth paired with like animal skins and woven plant matter from the planet itself. Mm-hmm. was actually also thinking that it'd be cool if there was some sort of plant on this planet that you can almost like mold or prune into shapes that you can use for armor and other things mm-hmm. like a like a really rapid bonsai type process oh that's cool like what you just you basically like press a button that plants a bunch of seeds and they grow rapidly as armor or something like that yeah something something along those lines or you can like kind of make it grow in a certain way so that it becomes a, a chest plate or whatever mm-hmm. yeah that's dope kind of solar punky idea which is neat yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. We're we're definitely moving into the solar punk area. Yeah, like I wanted to bring in more of the, the wilderness aspect because I think that's a cool part of like being on a new planet is the exploration and yes. and sort of avoiding that the cyberpunk feeling too much by having all this nature around mm-hmm. that they can interact with yeah. and having their cute puppies saving the day. Absolutely. That's a great point is to add the emphasis on the exploration, which is something that we really didn't do last episode. Like we're Mm, on a lush alien planet and we barely talked about the planet or the aliens. Right. (laughs) So I think that's a really great, although don't get me wrong. I think the idea of creating that strong anchor of having that main kind of ship or the mothership, the mother base, whatever you want to call it. I think that's a really great foundation to start a story and then build out from there. But I also think that we should definitely should have focused a little. Well, now we have the opportunity yeah. to focus more on the weird alien jungles around us uh, for mm-hmm. some reason, right? I'm just picturing jungles for some, you know. Or like, yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. yeah, like Endor kind of stuff. Is that is that Endor is the one with the Ewoks, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, Daniel. <laughs> Didn't know you'd be so offended. <laughs> Ewoks. Ewoks are now canon. Um, <laughs> I do agree. I think it's tropical in some way. It's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when you think of like a lush, like untouched planet, you you think we tend to think of like Jurassic World, right? Mm-hmm. I really like um, the idea that they're trying to crossbreed them with local fauna because that will lead you to have stranger animals, yeah. you know, instead mm-hmm. of your typical mm-hmm. ones. Um, and I wonder what the practical applications of that kind of engineering would be, you know, on the bad guy's side, even though they're trying to exterminate the the Mm. animals. Um, And the the fact that there is alien fauna, which isn't something we acknowledge, but clearly there is. Right, right. So, like, Mm. uh, our animals appear to be immune to the psychic resonance. Um, Is the regular fauna immune to it? Maybe through interbreeding, there's a way to you know, control and understand it for humans. And that's part of the mission of breeding them as well. You know, I don't know. Or maybe that's what the bad guy is trying to do. See, I I have the opposite kind of feeling when it comes to like the lady fascist. I, I'm imagining there is a, a part in our prestige television show where there is like a raid on the facility that kind of breeds these animals. And they're taking like, hammers and pipes to these cages or or not cages but like tubes that have like embryos in them and stuff like that like if you want to talk about kicking the puppy moment like they're they're <laughs> literally wiping out an entire like kennel of puppies by doing that you know i have a feeling too like in addition to like i certainly that's what they're doing and i but i bet too any good villain 
understands the value of a technology, even if they oppose it. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if in secret, you know, she's also using that technology to get ahead of them. Absolutely. In some other way. You know, she probably goes there, breaks everything and takes a few vials with her. Yeah. Yeah. Because what do people hate more than sadists? Hypocrites. Yes. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) You you think I'm joking? That is a hundred percent true. People Mm -hmm. hate that shit way more. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, that is a hundred percent. Unless you're a politician, in which case it's expected. What? (laughs) Yeah, sure. Pretty much. Uh, But anyway, Daniel, yes, excellent point. Her her having vials of that stuff and like trying to make her own army of you know Mm. gargantuan dog monster alien crabs. Crabs. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Um, giant enemy crabs you know what let's have them be crab dogs furry crabs yeah (laughs) sure oh god anyway at least they're not aphids this time right like i'm I'm at least winning in that regard we get furry uh crustaceans yeah i'm okay with that honestly that's that's totally fine uh because i mean furry crabs can be cute i've seen them you know anyway this is also making me think of um, a book that I really like called Sirius by Olaf Stapledon. It was written in the 40s, and it's about a a dog who's been sort of bred and engineered to have human levels of intelligence. And it's this just really interesting, like, existential story because the dog, he doesn't fit in with humans because he's he's obviously still a dog. He can't, like, talk particularly well. Um He's still limited by his physicality, but he also doesn't work well with other dogs because he's so much more intelligent than they are. Mm-hmm. And um wondering if like something like that could happen here where over time or maybe even the the lady fascist is trying to like make these creatures more intelligent um and more more powerful as far as like being soldiers. I think Lady Hitler is absolutely making chimeras. Mm. Sure. Why not? I mean, why not? Like, toss it in there. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> uh, I want to throw out two more literary references because I can. Uh, that that remind me of this one: "A Boy and His Dog" by Harlan Ellison, kind mm-hmm. of reminds me a little bit of that. And then also "Flowers for Algernon," uh, uh, where yeah. maybe these boosts of intelligence that these animals have are temporary, and they can feel mm-hmm. themselves becoming less and less intelligent. If you wanted to crank up the tragedy just a little bit more, just toss them together. Yeah. Oh my God. Flowers for Algernon. So Daniel Keyes, when he was alive, I met him when I was like in elementary school. What? Oh, really? So I have a very <laughs> deep connection to him because I remember him and he gave us like our awards when we were elementary school students. Oh my God. That's adorable. That's awesome. This is, this is new Daniel lore, by the way. Yeah, this is new for learning me. learning something new here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay. We've got our factions. We've got a reconciliation with the twist. This world is as fleshed out as it ever has been. I mean, doubly so with the weird chimera things now. What's the what's the adventure that we're going on here? Can, can I say as well that I would like to add the caveat that we can't really... Because again, I like the idea that this kind of like lady fascist in her group and that whole story is playing out. Mm-hmm. Can we have the quest that we're doing here today be separate from that? Or do we want to directly involve this situation? I'm, I'm leaving it up to you. I would prefer that we leave that to like play out on HBO or whatever. And we have a separate quest. But if you guys want to explore that a little bit more, I'm cool with that as well. 
Yeah, that was what I was initially thinking was that it could be a group of like your scout robot people and my scouts with animals kind of trekking into the wilderness to track her down mm. before she does something particularly horrendous, uh, kind of like a heart of darkness journey into the, the jungle. Um, but we could probably go in a different direction. I mean, as long as it's in some way tied to the overall story, I think what would be like, even if they're doing something that's subordinate to the big story, I would like it to some way be connected. So like what you suggested, mm -hmm. I think could work because maybe, you know, they're, they're doing something that's counter to what she's up to. Sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, what if um, the ship is not part of their society anymore? Like, what if they don't actually regularly go to it? Like it's been abandoned. Well, why would they do that if they have this massive ship that has housed so many people? I would imagine that that's basically where you start, right? Mm. Well, I'm I'm wondering if we position it that way. So, like, I we have to take your your ranger types and maybe move their pods to their current society. But if their ship is out of the picture, the journey could be from their um, their current settlement back to that ship that maybe is like mm. deep in the wilderness. I don't know why it's been abandoned. Perhaps there's a reason why they had to abandon it. And that would allow you to have a collision between what Lady Hitler's up to and what this party's up to because she's also headed there. Mm. Or her minions might be. Maybe it has to do with the like any radioactivity of the ship or something where they had to abandon that area. Yeah, maybe something failed. They had to abandon yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I do like that idea of like them venturing back into the ship that's now been like overgrown by mm -hmm. all the natural plant life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like it lends itself to a nice, um, nice visual. I feel like that's where the robot rangers really come into play is that they're mm -hmm. the only ones who can walk into that area. Yeah. And like be in there safely. So that's. Yeah, because if it's radioactive, their physical bodies aren't affected by that. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. True. So yeah. sure, we can toss that in as well. So. Maybe things have been extra hard because their ship failed and because like they they assumed that they were going to have this kind of arc ship as like a, a base and mm -hmm. then something fails and it becomes like a poisoned, you know, like zone that they're just like not able to touch. Right. Mm -hmm. Great concept. Really cool way to start. Right. So where do we you know what? I think if we rolled some themes and something to focus on, it might help us out with our main quest. How do y'all think about that? Yeah, totally. Yup. All right. So the theme that we're focusing on in this particular mission is going to be hope. Okay. Appropriate. Yeah. Can't go wrong with that. <laughs> and the thing that we're focusing on in this mission of hope is a cataclysm. Ooh, boy. Okay. Now, the obvious thing is you're fighting to stop a cataclysm from happening. We've already established that this ship is radioactive. Is the cataclysm that we're trying to prevent a complete and total nuclear meltdown from the ship? Obviously. Yeah. Yes. So that's a great place to start where, hey, this ship. It's about to go nuclear. And it's like, we didn't travel too far from the ship. So it's probably going to take us out. Mm -hmm. Maybe we don't yeah. want that to happen. And damage their pristine environment. Exactly. Also mm -hmm. very important. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it also makes sense why our villain is traveling back to the ship. Because if she knows that those Oracle spirits are there, her father's there, she needs to get to them before it melts down. Mm -hmm. Oh, and like pull them out. Yeah. Or at least consult with him, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
I was thinking that this neural net thing, like you just because that's where the hardware or the, the servers are held means that you can still access that information. I like that concept mm-hmm. for some reason. Mm-hmm. So maybe, yeah, maybe they're, maybe even the villain has a reason for this mission to succeed because it's like, we don't want to lose those people who are on the servers. Right. What if she's using the weird animal crossbreeding technology to put those minds into instead of robots? Oh, oh man. Okay. Yes. Okay, hold on. Are you suggesting yes. that we're going to have like a professor gorilla or a professor monkey <laughs> or or, yes. or something even worse, a furry crab professor gorilla monkey? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. This is because this is quickly becoming yes. a Saturday morning cartoon. But it could be grotesque and horrific, too. Yeah. I mean, yes, but also you have like a talking monkey crab. Like, come on. I mean, who's to say it's actually sentient in a way we understand? Like, it could be fucking weird. We have ignored the kind of giant crystal monoliths that are mm-hmm. hovering mm-hmm. around and yeah. such. So, yeah, that's a good point as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Or she could, we could scrap the uh, Saturday morning cartoon animal crossbreed idea and go with like, She's trying to get those mines into one of the crystals. Oh. oh. Like somehow trying to mind melt them with the alien psychic energy. Like the only way to, to interface with it, you have to get rid of your body to really get in there. Mm. Interesting. There's a, there's a number of ways that we can go here. And I like that. My point is, regardless, right, that the villain faction is in on this plan and they're actually like, supporting waiting for the double cross to happen right Mm -hmm. or alternatively if you prefer we can have it be a race against the clock to be like okay oh man there there's so many opportunities here that i'm like i'm spoiled for choice it could be both because i can see the story taking a turn that like first it's a race then they get overtaken lady hitler captures them and now they're kind of forced to cooperate when they learn that she has a particular vision. She's not just the monster they've made her out. She is a monster, but she's not just the monster they've made her out to be. And she shares some of her ideology with them that she, you know, and she, maybe she reveals the secret to them. They don't believe it. And she's like, I can show you the truth, you know, and that's why she wants. To, so they're working together at that point. I'm sure she holds some things back because she's evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm kind of preferring the idea that this, this person is like, I'm going to come with you. And then they don't trust her. And then there's the moment of mm-hmm. curse your inevitable betrayal, you know, exactly. like, mm-hmm. that, that that's kind of what I'm more interested in. And then because what I think is also really interesting here as well, right. Is, you know, lady fascist genuinely does not want this nuclear bomb to go off, but, right. <laughs> but she also yeah, has yeah. Ul- ulterior motives here. Right. It's like, maybe she's also trying to pocket, her her ghost dad who's still around you know Mm. or or maybe it's like she gets exposed and then it's like i don't care if i can't have this then i will personally launch this nuclear bomb Mm. i think there's a lot of for me right i often think about how i want this scenario to play out and if i'm giving like here courtney you're going to be playing lady hitler then guess what you're going to have like a motive and a secret motive. And then it's like, Mm -hmm. you go from there. And I'm just picturing all the ways that this can go really fucking wrong for you. You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I could see like, like you were saying her eventually wanting to use it as like an ultimatum or 
mutually assured destruction of some mm -hmm, sort mm -hmm. where she gets pushed over the edge and her mind's been so fucked up by the alien energy yeah that all she feels is like rage and and wants revenge and when she's on the ship maybe if she feels her her grasp slipping she could yeah set it off completely and annihilate everything and then of course the big climax that i imagine is an animal comes in and like dampens a lot of that evil and alien mm -hmm. psychic energy. She starts to feel like a real human again and then has the emotional breakdown and stuff like that. Right. Mm. Or the animal has to sacrifice itself to stop her. Mm. Well, I mean like she's going to kill it. So yeah, probably. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> Cartoonishly evil, but in like an interesting and deep way, you know? Mm. Okay, what's the climax then? What do you guys perceive as the climax? Hmm. I'm still very interested in the uh, the alien energies and mm. expanding on that in some way. But I don't know if this is like the quest for it. This is the moment in the prestige show where you get rid of the long running villain and have to replace them with another completely different <laughs> villain. Mm -hmm. This is the end of the lady fascist arc and the brand new rise of alien gorilla crab professor arc oh my god i mean to answer your question about conflicts oftentimes some stories i see the conflict actually happening at the very end right before the conclusion and i have a feeling the climax occurs in the ship um as the action is rising to its pinnacle before the conclusion only because um there's kind of a faux climax when they get captured but that's really the midway point so i have a feeling the real climax happens just before the end, which is kind of what you're hinting at, like swapping out the villain, which I think is a neat idea mm. to hint at the long, the alien is the long, the long enemy. Yes. You know? Yeah. Okay. 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 Maybe, maybe this is a bit cliche. Maybe not. Lady fascist is dead. Cut to her lover giving birth to the alien Damien baby. And then mm. bam, that's the next season. It's generation two. This child is growing up and dealing with being an alien fascist. Like, bam, we've got our <laughs> options there. Mm -hmm. You could even have um, there be a reversal, you know? So, like, not to say that that person becomes a good guy, but that the child has a different ideology and it, the embodied mm -hmm. alien carries the old ideology of Lady Hitler. So, like, basically, you could... Because I'm noticing this happening, too, in, in Raised by Wolves a lot, where they keep reversing who's on top and who's on bottom. So like giving the colonists some dark side, I think would be important in this too. I don't know how, but if at the very end of this story, you can make the colonists not the good guys fully, you can then have the child of, of our villain potentially have a good idea that's not totally evil. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to do it, y'all. I think that we, I think we got to end on the death of Lady Hitler. I don't know about you. Yeah, it's a good stopping point for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Uh, HBO, let us know if you are interested in the pilot. Uh, I mean, we can, we can cast it, be no problem. Yep. Mm -hmm. Can write that one Coke filled afternoon if you like. <laughs> I mean, I'm more of a Pepsi guy, but no, that's a lie. No, no, no one can genuinely say that. I can't even lie or make a joke about that. Anyway, that's it for this episode. Remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com. Submit a prompt by following the link and we'll, we'll build your world. I mean, we do it all the time. 
We have patrons who submit prompts. We have randos who submit prompts. If you don't want to be a rando, submit a prompt. We'll get to know you through the prompt. Anyway, if you want to follow us on social media, you can go to at Let's World Build on Twitter. If you want to come pitch us your own season of this TV series, tell us about it in the Discord. Go to our Discord with a link for that in the description. Or if you want to just toss money at us because you know this is going to make it on TV and you want to be in on the ground floor, go to Patreon. That's where you can find patron-only episodes and you get this episode a week early. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of World Build With Us. Remember that we love you very much. And we're going to get through this together. Until next week. Thank you.